0: Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. With each episode, our diverse and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention, together, to breathe, to reflect, and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice that we call, Mr. Mediocrity. Then let's enjoy moving forward to make a positive difference in our world. Are you interested in advertising with the Action Catalyst? Our listeners could be hearing about your brand, right here, right now. For details, shoot us an email, at info, at On today's episode, host Dan Moore is joined by David Fishoff, music producer, promoter, agent, and the founder of the popular rock and roll fantasy camp, now the subject of a feature film. David is also responsible for such musical feats as creating Ringo Starr's all-star band, and reuniting the monkeys. In fact, on the very morning this interview was conducted, Dan and David had just received the news that Monkeys singer Michael Nesmith had passed away, which they take time to acknowledge. It's a wide-ranging interview discussing a very storied and accomplished career. We hope you enjoy. Well, hello everyone, this is Dan Moore, your host. We're so happy to have David Fishoff with us today. David, your background, people can't see it, but it is covered with guitars, many of which are autographed from great people that you've worked with over the years. And as an old rocker myself, welcome to the Action Catalyst. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Dan. This is exciting. We're going to hear all about Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp in a few minutes. But what's so interesting is the twists and turns in your career that have gotten you to this point. And I wonder if you wouldn't mind kind of recapping what you consider the most important pivot points or the influences that caused you to be in a certain direction. Then all of a sudden you ricocheted off into something totally different and then landed here in this amazing thing that you've had going for so, so long.
1: Okay, so does this podcast for five hours? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had a very diverse career. You know, I started in the Catskills, you know, booking comedians up there. My first client then became Herschel Bernardi, the actor, uh, well-known for Fiddler on the Rule. I started getting into more acting. But then really my love is uh, was professional sports. I always wanted to be a sports agent. So I started really representing professional athletes and uh, by booking them up in the Catskills at the camps, really worked my way through to, you know, represent some great players over the years. Uh, Luke Padilla, Randy Myers, Vince Ferragamo, Phil Sims, uh, Mark Bovaro, so many Dave Maggins, so many great players in both Major League Baseball and football. And it really gave me the desire to win. You know, I'm going to, you know, it rubbed off on me. But, you know, after being a sports agent for many years, I honestly got bored. The key of being a sports agent is, is it's a, in the movie, show me the money. It's Jerry Maguire. And, you know, as a sports agent, that was my goal. I had to, you know, get players the most money. So basically, after a while, I got bored with it and I wanted to be more creative. And someone called me up and said, Would I be interested in representing the association, the band? And uh, I said, The association of what? And. <laughs> And uh, but I went to see the band, and I was sharing office space with a lot of music managers. Called him Gary Curvis, who represented the Talking Heads, the Ramones, and I was a sports agent up in this office. We all shared office space. Shep Gordon represented Alice Cooper, Teddy Pendergrass. So I saw the gold records on the wall. I said, "I want to be in the music business." So I went and um, heard, the, heard the Association, and this was in the mid '80s, and they hadn't been around in 20 years. And I decided to uh, take them on. And uh, after doing a great job with them, all the other bands started approaching me, like Gary Puckett and the Union Gap and the Grassroots and Spanky and Our Gang and the Turtles. And that's when I came up with the idea in 84 to package these bands and put out a package of called the Happy Together Tour, uh, which is currently still running. I did that for two years. And the third year, I came up with the idea to bring the Monkeys back. And that was after um, 20 years. They had never been back together. And I signed the monkeys, acquired the name because they didn't own it from Columbia Pictures. And, and luck had it with me. I think God said, I'm going to take care of this guy, fish off MTV decided to air 24 Hours of Monkeys. Huh. And I'm on the seventh floor of 1775 Broadway. And, and the eighth and ninth floor is this new network called MTV. When I found out they were going to be broadcasting it on television, I ran upstairs to see the president. I said, I'm doing the monkeys. And a live tour. And they said, well, you know, we're, we're, we're going to really do monkeys everything on MTV because they were the originators of music video. So they said, let's work together. You promote our new fledgling network, MTV and all your ads, and we'll promote your live tour. And they did. And little did I know when I went on sale, instead of selling 4,000 seats like I did to Happy Together tours and 3,000 seats, I sold 25,000 tickets in Chicago. I sold 30,000 in Detroit. I sold out stadiums, arenas. It was the biggest tour. So if you ask me what was my biggest thing, I'd have to say 1986, the Monkees. But the simultaneously, I was representing eight of the New York Giants who went to the Super Bowl in the January of 87. So that was really the turning point in my life when everything just, you know, here I was so busy with the Monkees that Phil Sims writes in his book. He says, our agent was so busy. We're going to the Super Bowl. He's so busy doing the Monkees. So I was dancing between, you know, between my sports world and my and, and my entertainment world. It was just those were major years. few Years later, I produced um, I came up with the idea to do Dirty Dancing as a live tour. And that was amazing. I did that all around the world. I came up with it. I saw the movie and I decided, you know, I'm going to take this movie and make it into a live show and put tickets up sale on sale at Radio City Music Hall. I didn't even have a show. They wanted to book the, the Dirty Dancing Tour i had the concept so we put an ad in in the new york times full page ad little did i know i sold eight shows out and it was just that was amazing and then about a year later i came up with the idea to do ringo and the all-star band mm-hmm. so i i went and approached ringo about doing a tour and uh, he said uh, i went to lennon and he said i was thinking of the same thing and the next thing you know i'm Traveling with Ringo and the All Star Band, I'm on a tour with the Beatles. Again, another life changing experience. So you know, just keeps going and going. And so I, I like the adventure. I like uh, always coming up with new ideas. And then I finally, I saw how much fun we had doing Ringo and the All Star Band. I said, you know, if I can give this to the fan, they can see us traveling and writing music, and and just the, the camaraderie that these rock stars have together. I, Let me create a rock camp.
0: And 25 years ago, is when I came up they the idea to do a rock and roll fantasy camp. And that's where we are today. Oh, my gosh. You're right. We need at least five hours. And and that's just the beginning installment. I love hearing these stories. Now, let me ask you a question, though, along the way. You mentioned in almost in passing, you had eight of your people in the Super Bowl. You had a World Series player and you were just so busy doing the music. You're selling yourself short, I think, David. Obviously, you have this amazing ability to keep a lot of balls in the air at the same time. What general insights can you share with, with our listeners, those who feel like they just have too much on because you've had way more on than most of us ever will? They got ADD. <laughs> <laughs> just don't sleep and keep busy, huh?
1: You know what? It's interesting during COVID, I hosted 160 classes on Zoom and I got all these rock stars to come on and talk to my campers and give them the experience they normally would give them. And people ask questions. And I tell you, the common denominator that every one of these artists, managers, record producers had was passion, passion, Mm. passion, passion. So I love what I do. And I think that once you get rid of that passion, we want the next thing. So here I was passionate about going on tour. I love getting on those private planes and getting out to hotels. But you know what? I lost that passion. Mm. So I I decided I'm not going to do it anymore. I don't do things in my life unless they're passionate. And I've told that to my kids. I've told that to my to everyone. I have a son-in-law who's a rabbi. You know, he, he got up there and, and gave a speech the other day. And he said, my parents wanted me to become a lawyer. When I asked my father-in-law, I wanted to marry his daughter. Can I have her hand? He said to me, what are you going to do to make a living? He says, my parents want me to be a lawyer. I'm, I'm at the top 3% in the law boards. I said, well, what do you want to do? He says, I want to be a rabbi. I want to lead a congregation. I said, you be a rabbi and I'll support you. So mm-hmm. again, passion, passion, passion.
0: I think it's fantastic, and particularly the changing lives aspect of this. Because from knowing just a little bit about Fantasy Camp, and I want you to, to tell us more about how it got started and how it's grown to be, I guess, more than 70 camps now have been held. You not only ignite passion in the fans that have a chance to come and play with these amazing artists, but you reignite the passion in the artists themselves. So, Dan, you know, and that's why I love the
1: movie. You know, I didn't want to do the movie, and I got fucked into doing the movie, and I'm so glad I did because I didn't realize I mean, I I realize the rock stars love coming to camp, but to see that they go through a life changing experience, of course, the fan goes through it. And that's really what I love doing every day. And if you ask me what my favorite thing of doing my entire career, I love the players, I love the artists, but now I'm getting to change people's lives and they're able to come to rock and roll fantasy camp and not only changing the lives in the way of music, but, you know, a woman calls me up the other day. my husband doesn't have road rage anymore. My husband is vying his passion, you know, so the head of Oracle comes to camp and he says, after kid, you know, I learned how to listen. I never knew how to listen mm-hmm. uh, because he walked into a room and he told the rock star, you know, I want to do this song and my band wants to do this. And, and the counselor said to him, the music director said to him, listen, I got to teach the song to five other people. So today I'm, I'm, I'm able to work over to change your lives and, I love it. It's just every day I get an email. Every day I get a call. You change my life. Because by attending Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, people get to come in for four days, ignite their passion. It reminds them what it was like when they were a child, when they were in high school band, they were in a college band. But they had to quit, had to go get a regular job. And they couldn't do what their real passion was. So they went and they got a job as a accountant, a lawyer, whatever, or, or, or anything in tech world. But deep inside, a musician is a musician. A singer is a singer. An artist eventually wants to get their art out. What Rock Camp has done is given people opportunities to really express themselves. And then they're able to leave the camp and they're able to go start bands. They're
0: able to go teach music. So we're talking about igniting the passion. I think it's just remarkable what you're doing because life changing can happen in lots and lots of ways. Overnight. Yeah. And in the artists themselves too. Can you comment maybe on a couple of those experiences? So
1: what, what Rock Camp did, to a lot of the artists, Rudy Sarzo says in the film Rock Camp, he says, I got my love, my passion back for music, uh, for playing at Rock Camp. And I guess Nancy Wilson, she explained the best on in an interview. Nancy Wilson of my heart, she said, you know, when we start out our career, it's about writing um, the songs and getting a hit song and making it. Yeah, once we make it, it becomes about lawyers, agents, you know, lawsuits, <laughs> you know, and record labels and deals and contracts. He says, the one thing I love about Rock Camp is it's, it's, it's pure music. They're there just to make music. Yes, it becomes a business eventually, but, you know, the business that, you know, they lose their interest. I mean, I recommend everybody watch the Beatles, the Let It Be thing on Disney Plus. It's great. You don't have to be a Beatles fan to watch it. Number one, you learn how songs come together. But B, you get to see even the Beatles. George Harrison, he was bored. He walked out of the Beatles because he's not happy Paul and John aren't giving him the songs. So he leaves the band. And you know, in the end, he, he proves it to those two guys and th- that, listen, I can write, I could have done as good, because he has more number one songs when he leaves the Beatles. He has bigger hits. But even he lost his passion. Can you imagine you're the Beatles and you lose your passion? And he walks out. The other guys have to talk him into it. You can even see that John is not even that into it. Paul is. Paul is. Ringo is. But. But even I like Paul McCartney loses passion. Now, when they get on stage at the end, I don't want to spoil it, but you see John really coming up there because the mic, the lights are on him. But even he lost the enthusiasm of being a Beatle. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it comes to show you that no matter how big you are, you have to keep yourself passionate and
0: healthy. Well, that's a good point because you mentioned that as soon as the spotlight was on, even John came back to life. What about those of us that really never have a chance to be in the spotlight at all? What are some internal self-coaching things we can do without a crowd of adoring fans out there?
1: Well, I think today the world is different. You
0: can become a star. You can. There's,
1: there's, there's Instagram. There's Facebook. There are people who have never never ever thought they would have 10,000 followers. A podcast. How about this? I've been doing a lot of podcasts. People You know, you're a big organization, the Action Catalyst, but there are a lot of people who are just starting podcasts, reaching out to people, you know, bands. Let's talk about bands. In the olden days, the record labels would sign an act. The first album would sell hundreds of thousands of copies. Then they would say six months later, you got to do a second album. Well, let me tell you something. That first album, they were thinking since they were children what the songs are going to be. Now, all of a sudden, six months later, you're asking them to write another album. That you want to click that to be a hit? You know, our business is very difficult. And today, these bands, you can start recording your own music. You can put it out. You don't need a record label. You can get it out on social media. You can sell merchandise. You can tour without it being signed to an agency. Call any club and say, listen, you know, I got, I, got, I can go on Spotify, put my music up. I can see what towns people are listening to my music. I can book a, a show there. I got emails. So today, there's no reason why. You shouldn't go after your passion with the film to me. Why I love the film is that I wanted people to watch the film and not be able to, you know, these people do it through music, but you can, you can rechange your life anytime. And last night, my wife showed me this whole new world of metaverse out there, you know, there's a whole world that people can open up stores, get their art out there and get their, and, and, and do anything they want.
0: The world's unlimited today. Well, I love that message of encouragement. That's such a powerful thing because it's universal. It doesn't have to be regarding music or art or anything. It can be who am I as a person and there's ways that I can get my message out. And if it's motive is to change people's lives, it's one that never gets old. You never get bored to that. And I just returned. I was in Israel for a month this
1: summer. I cannot tell you that I must have been approached 10 new ideas. You know, in Israel, they came up with ways They've come up with, you know, all all the great technology comes out of Israel because they make the people go to the army there. And what happens is is that they get creative and they everyone's coming up with a new app idea. So, again, it's so easy today to find success in this new world of, of social media. And if you use this stuff right, it can really take you a long way.
0: Well, let's let's talk for a second about brick walls, if you don't mind, because over the course of your amazing career, I'm sure you've been trucking along at various points and then slam right into something you were not expecting. Any insights on what to do when suddenly it seems like the world has put a big obstacle in front of you. You can't see around it, under it, or anything.
1: So I've had that. Uh, I remember after doing the monkeys tour, I decided that um, I, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit the business. I tried to quit the business a few times. Lost the passion. You know, there's a book called The Artist's Way. It uh, really helped me. It got me to write every day for 45 minutes to an hour. I did a great program, a life-changing program called the Hoffman Institute. I went up north to a place. I went away for seven days and worked on myself. Uh, Hoffman's gotten very popular now because Katy Perry went there. A lot of the artists are talking about it. Uh, Someone sent me a thing from the New York Times yesterday. It was a story. The Hoffman Institute, where it basically... Our parents gave us positive traits and negative traits. This helps you identify the negative traits, get it out of your system, rebuild you as a child. But when you were that little David, before anyone ever hurt you, I think these programs, there are programs like that where you can reboot yourself. Yeah. Oh, I can't tell you. Even a guy like me. Yes. I can there. There are days that I, I do Tony Robbins. You know, he says, make a move. any of those self-help programs. The books are great. There are so many great books to read. Here's a great one. I was having frustration with rock camp because know I'm telling you about all these successful tours that I was doing and they, they were getting bigger and bigger. Now, all of a sudden I started doing rock and roll fantasy camp and I'm only limited to take in one drummer, a band, or two or one bass player in a band. So it's not like Coachella where I can take the fence and sell as many spots. I'm limited. Well, I was, I was losing money. I was getting frustrated. I picked up a clip called what got me there. We'll get you here. You know, you all of a sudden you think you can just pick yourself up. And I was su- su- successful in this business. Hey, I am going to go in the restaurant business, but I'm not, i don't know the restaurant business. Great book. A guy named Goldsmith. I think he wrote. Mm. So I, I believe readings, 12 step programs of certain people, podcasts. There's so many great programs out that when you hit the brick wall and we all hit the brick wall, every one of us hits a brick wall. It's just, we got to do something about it.
0: If we can hit the brick wall. We don't have to be the brick wall. Correct. Curious, you mentioned casually ADD. You're very much a hyperkinetic individual. I'm quite sure about that. But do you have a morning routine? Anything that you consistently start your day with you could share with us?
1: I wanted to share with you
0: exercise.
1: I think that's so important. Prayer and exercise. Prayer, you know, I wake up every morning, I do my prayers. Being an Orthodox Jew, I uh, try to go to synagogue, then I do my exercise. I get on that Peloton bike, but I'm always exercising. I think that. What's used, you and prayer could be meditation. It could be anything. It could mm-hmm. be going out in the field and just talking to the Lord and saying, Answer my prayers, ask him one on one, whatever it takes that you, whatever religion you're in. I think, or if you're even if you're not religious at all, just to give yourself some time to meditate and exercise. Once I do those two things, Dan, every day, my day is done. Everything else
0: is a bonus. Hmm. Love that. That's the foundation. Build everything else upon that foundation. Yes. One other kind of important bit of advice I'd love to hear from you. What's a way to reignite a passion?
1: I think the writing helped me the most. You get it out, get it all out. Again, you know, Hoffman taught me was a lot of my lessons are in me. I would go on a date and I'd say, Dan, what do you think of this young lady I went out with? So I'd ask you, or oh, what do you think of this idea? Today, I make my decisions because I know it's in my heart of hearts. You know, it's like a football team. Everybody gets the same draft picks. Why does Coach Belichick win every year. I, you know, it, it's all about the, the, the motivation. And, and if you want something, you can get it. Draw a picture of it. I put a picture on the wall and I'm going to get there. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, when they go to him to offer him a film and they say, uh, Arnold, we hit a script. He says, I don't want to see the script. I want to see what the ad is going to look like in the newspaper. What's the ad? What's the public going to see the final product being? Why well, do that? I draw a picture of what my camp is going to be. I'm doing a songwriting fantasy camp in Nashville. So I drew a picture of it. And I went to Desmond Child, the best singer-songwriter in the business. And and when I draw a picture in my mind, I draw a picture on paper. I create an ad. Uh, When I went to sign Ringo Starr, I had a guy do a a commercial for me. It's coming live in concert. Ringo Starr, the all-star band, just to show him what the final result will be. If you put the picture in front of you, there's no reason you can't reach that goal. You want to create an app? Draw that picture. You want to open a restaurant? Draw that picture. Draw a business plan. Draw, you know, There's so many books. Draw out what, what, what you say you can't do. And then you'll be surprised slowly, step by step by step. You can build on it. And there's so many resources today. With Google, you can find anything you want. You can get online and draw a free business plan. There is so much help today. Podcasts like this are amazing. They give people the, you know, keep listening. There's so much information out there.
0: So true. Well, Dave, we're kind of wrapping up on time, but I'd like to reminisce about something with you for just a moment. I think you probably brought the monkeys to Nashville, to the Starwood Amphitheaters back in the 80s. They were with Gary Puckett in the Union Gap as a double bill. Yes. I was one of the 15,000 people sitting on the grass in that Yes. It was absolutely fantastic. And today, we just learned that Michael Nesmith, who was really the the true musician originally in The Monkees, the true musician, a great songwriter, great individual, interesting life, passed away. Can you just share a memory about Michael? In 1986, I bring The Monkees back
1: and I hire Mickey, Davey, and Peter. I never approached Mike because his mother had invented liquid paper and everyone liquid said he, paper. Was, he was never going to do it. So I never approached him. When he came to the middle of the tour. He called me up. He said, "You know, I'd like to reignite with the guys and and perform at the Greek Theater with them." And I got to meet him that night. And, and he came on stage. And it was the first time in 20 years the four of them got got together. He's a very talented individual, as you said, musically. He was the He was probably the musician of the, of the Monkees, and that's probably why they broke up because he was disappointed that they couldn't, you know, do more of their music. But in the end, you know, he gets a lot of credit for MTV. Uh, you know, he came up with the concept of music videos and true genius, a true genius. And so again, yeah, sorry to see his loss. And, you know, just thinking we lost Peter, we lost Davey, we lost Mike and now, uh, and Mickey's alive. God bless him. And you know, the, the monkeys, I hope Mickey will be alive to see them in the rock and roll hall of fame because they haven't gotten in. They deserve to get in. And any anytime you mention the monkeys, everyone smiles. So they really had a, they, they, they
0: really had a, an effect on every one of us growing up i think it's fantastic i just last week listened to a cut by mickey Dolans on an album produced by another one of my guests dennis scott which is the music of mr rogers oh yeah and mickey Dolans was one of the artists that performed on that it's kind of a mashup album absolutely brilliant so thank you for those memories and thank you for what you do and i am pumped invigorated and inspired by this david thank you so much for being on the action catalyst
1: and thank you and i hope everyone gets to see the, the film
0: rock camp If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe and to stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and on Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. And thanks for listening.